Bring it. Hello everybody and a big welcome once again to Feud for Thought. Yes, it's me Ben Simmons and my esteemed colleague... Me, Martin Hill. We're both here once again. Thanks for you being here as well. Don't forget you can tweet us at Feud Thoughts. We want yes. to receive Twitter communication from you about we anything we've heard. And um, yeah, <clears throat> last last. We want a lot of Twitter communication. Indeed. Lots La- of Twitter communication. Last episode, hard-hitting episode about crisps. And uh, this episode, that was frivolous, obviously. This episode, a little bit more serious, I think we can safely say, because we're going to be yeah. focusing on the darker subject of plane crashes. And excitingly, we're going to have a guest to discuss it with very shortly as well, That's aren't we? A, we are indeed. Got a guest on. I think Ben's having a bit of a mini stroke, though. Our last episode was on swearing. I beg your pardon. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, I hope you like the Chris ones as well. If you've got any thoughts on the Chris one. Give us a shout. Yes, uh, we are doing much more popular today. Uh, we've got listeners all over the world. We are a worldwide phenomenon, Ben. We've got Spain, Russia, New Zealand, and I happen to know that there are at least two people listening over in Hong Kong as well. Because that's amazing. It's, that's that's what's <clears> awesome <throat> about podcast hosting. You can find out countries that people are listening from. It's genuinely taking off all over the world, which is what planes do as well. They do, they do. Good link there, Ben. So you did there. Well done. Ever the professional. I am hey. impressed. Well, I feel I've muffed uh, it slightly trying to talk about Chris when I should have been talking about swear words because I love. Sorry, you redeemed yourself. Words. You Thanks, redeemed thanks. yourself with the with the uh, with the comeback there. Let me see if I can so, redeem myself further with my brilliant brain section for this podcast. Oh, it could be unlikely. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I've got a, a barely believable fact for you that's related to the world of planes. Um, apparently, right. and I guess it's something to do with altitude, um, but during a flight, you lose about a third of your taste buds or your ability to taste things is reduced by about a third during aeroplane flights basically some of your taste buds just stop working i think that's a bit mental is that true so hang on so when you why what (laughs) well all it says on my exhaustive research is something to do with the fact of your taste buds are numbed at altitude so your total kind of taste sensation during a flight ends up being about a third of the capacity less than it would be if you were on the ground. Well, that's amazing. Is that why the foods are always shit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Is that why they don't bother giving you the good stuff? Like, you can't <laughs> taste it, so just <laughs> have this. Yeah, good point. Here's some alcohol and some bland food, and you will love this flight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Interesting. That is interesting. Very, very. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually surprised by that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah. So for for my little section as well. So yes, the old. Uh, I want to hear Martin's memories, memories, but uh, yeah. they're, they're not my memories. But I I have again tried to follow in your footsteps, Ben, and be a little bit more of the moment of the topic. Right. I don't know what the moment meant. I just went a bit on a tangent there. Uh, so. As closely as I can to the 50 and 100 thing that I seem to have permanently 
bodged it, myself it's into. It's good that people are enjoying it. You know, keep it going. It's not. Nice. It well, are they? I don't know. Tell me. A few thoughts on Twitter. Um, <laughs> right. In 1921, uh, airplane fact for you. So Lieutenant John Arthur McCready or McCready, McCready, whatever you want to call him. McCready, okay. I go with. It sounds a bit more official. Yeah. He um, uh, flew, 1921, he, he got three Macca trophies that year for this flight. He was the first one to fly at an altitude of 40,800 feet. Okay. That's my 1921 memory that for you. That was the well, highest fact, altitude someone had gone at at that time? At that time, 1921, oh. 100 years ago. Okay. Uh, to be honest, I don't know what the average is now. Probably a lot higher than that. But he did really well for his time. We should be proud of him yes. and his family should be as well. Even though people um, don't know how to pronounce his family's name, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah, well, they do. Like the family, no, <laughs> I assume. Yeah, I'm just, they haven't just been walking around for decades going, what are we called? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> this guy says it, well, I don't know what's happening. No, I think, I think the family have got it well and truly nailed. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is, now this is tentatively 100 years ago. Right. Because it's actually 1972. Now, 1972 is recorded as the worst year for plane crashes. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, it was recorded that year that there were 65 fatal accidents uh, that year and a total loss of 2,472 lives. Bloody hell. So no disrespect to the lives lost, but that is quite a... Uh, so I don't know if that's because that year there was some really bad piloting or some bad mechanics or... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but this 65 individual crashes would be uh, uh well a, a lot of a lot of issues going on in in aviation that year yeah absolutely that's that's bizarre i mean it it, is. It's, it's weird because you you only hear about sort of major plane incidents in the news i guess there are quite a lot of sort of minor incidents that never get reported you know if sort of an engine goes out of capacity but it still carries on the flight and lands safely you're never going to hear about it you know if there's a minor fire in the cabin that gets put out and no one's really affected you're never going to hear about it but they always say possibly there's probably possibly there's probably a lot of stuff that we don't know that's been recorded right or it's been recorded wrong like because now if something's going down on the plane i guarantee you we will probably find out before air traffic control does because someone will put it on instagram or tweet yeah it yeah, or yeah. A, a live yeah. facebook post before it even gets to the point where they have to ring down yeah to to traffic control and go, there's a problem here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's uh, mind you, you can't use your phone. Can you actually the phone thing? Yeah, is that? Uh, it's probably something I should ask the guest. Um, is that real? Like, can you not? Is it just off because they want it off, or can no. you actually use your phone? No, I think when they first, when phones first came about, they they were concerned about the frequency they were operating on and whether it might interfere with technical equipment on the plane. I think as things have got developed, I don't think it's as much of an issue. I think you just kind of expected to put it in airplane mode. Now, I can remember working for the company we both worked for, the kitchenware company, and flying to Ireland on the same flight as another colleague of ours who was on the phone to our boss as the plane was taxiing up the runway. And I was like, are, are you going to stop that call? And she had a bit of a volatile relationship with our boss and was shouting at him. And I was like, right, 
turn the phone off, turn it off. <laughs> and the, the, it was getting to the bit where it was accelerating down the runway. And she was like, right, yeah, all right, I'll talk to you when we get there. Then I'll talk to you when we land. I was like, we're about to take off, turn your phone off. But none of the cabin crew were sort of forcing her to. It was really weird. I thought if it was really a thing, they would have jumped on that much more. You know. Yeah, I often wonder if it's a thing, and they always like, make sure it's. But like, because everything's like Bluetooth and all different stuff yeah. now. I mean, I don't claim to know anything technological like that, but yeah, my opinion would be it's probably not needed. But I'm equally not going to be the guy who turns it on. In case, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just exactly. to test a theory while <laughs> loads of people's lives are in danger. <laughs> just at the end of the flight, I had mine on. It was fine, everyone. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or really, you don't want to like suddenly the plane starts going down. You'll be like, "Oh, sorry about that, guys. That that was me. That I just wanted to see what happened uh, as you're hurtling towards the ocean." That's the problem. No one would ever. know. You couldn't tell anyone. It's like, "Oh, quit. Who can I call?" Ah, oh, the plane's going down. No, don't use your phone. <laughs> no, but when the plane crashed, and they suddenly, for some reason, all the skeletons in this plane crash we found it all seems to be trying to strangle the person in 30c <laughs> yeah. flight 30c f while good you're point, good point. I think, <laughs> they're all I, aiming for you <laughs> i think we've established that our knowledge of plane crashes is fairly limited but yeah, we, need, got, we need a pro we have got a guest coming on to talk to us now who's got what can only be described as an extensive and surprising knowledge of plane crashes because you wouldn't expect someone from the world of comedy to focus on it, really, would you? You wouldn't. She is uh, a really good stand-up, outstanding. So I've seen her show. She does a comedy show uh, based solely on uh, plane crashes. So she's researched it a lot, I believe. Um, uh, and, yeah, a, a comedy promoter as well. She's a bit of a, an all-rounder, so to speak. Fabulous. And we can now chat to her about some other things that have been on our podcasts, and then we'll get into the main topic of plane crashes but shall we get her on then yeah let's crack on with it and let's... welcome on to the show the fabulous susan murray hello hi hello. susan how's it going you well <laughs> yeah i'm fine how are you not bad not bad doing yep, stuff we're good. we're good big welcome to feud for thought thanks so much for joining us thanks for having me no worries. Well, before we talk about our main podcast topic, last time we had a guest on, we kind of talked about some of the things we've discussed over recent weeks with them just to get their take on it. So last week... Oh, we... yes. The, the big important question's coming up now, Susan. Exactly, prepare yeah. yourself. Last week, we were talking about our favourite bags of crisps. What are your favourite crisps, Susan? Or do you hate mm. all crisps? No, I love crisps. I oh. Do you know what? The best way to eat crispies. Go on. On white bread with butter, a whole packet of crisps scrunched in between when you've got a hangover. <laughs> nice. Beautiful. Every, everyone loves a crisp sandwich. And crisp sandwich did, with a hangover, absolute cure. I and, did get my... criticized by someone because I didn't mention the crisp sandwich enough in our crisp uh, podcast, actually. <laughs> so Susan does raise a very good point and another reason Thank we have Thank you very much. Susan. Thank you very much. Um, what kind of crisp, though, Susan? It's got to be Walker's cheese and onion. And I like the fact oh, for that. God's sake. Never, never mind Brexit. <laughs> never mind Brexit. We can't even agree. What colour crisp packet? Oh, yeah. Now, I was raised in the Midlands, which means I think it's blue. But yeah. everybody else thinks it's green and they're all wrong. <laughs> well, 
We had a huge thing about this in our podcast. We did have that before. When we were kids, Golden Wonder crisps were all the rage, and they had. But they were rubbish. They're really greasy. They're not a good crisp. They were a bit drier. Yeah, but they had Golden Wonder initiated cheesy onion as green and salt and vinegar as blue, and then Walkers came along and changed it all. But who's to say what's right or what's wrong? But I didn't realise it I don't was know which came first. Somebody really should do a documentary on this. <laughs> It'd be really good. I don't know why they changed. It is annoying, but I do disagree with the cheese and onion being the top. That is the nation's favourite, apparently. Cheese and onion walkers. But I think they it's are because... Tasty, but they, make your breath, they really make your breath stink. You can't sit on a plane, eat a packet of them, and then turn to your friend and have a talk. And you're like, hello. Well, I, I like what's-its and quavers, so it's just cheese all the way, really. Wow. I, have oh, some I do more... like what's-its, I have to say. I love the fact that yeah. what's-its, they, they sort of, they're so cloying, they're clinging your teeth, so you can be picking it like You get like an encore with the, with the yeah, what's-its. You, you, can, you can eat them for weeks. One pack will last you a month. <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah. Your teeth. But they, uh, I know someone actually who I was chatting with before about this who said you didn't mention the crisp sandwich and he'll have like what's it's and salad cream in a sandwich. How do we feel about that? Oh, that's I've never tried point. it, it sounds rancid. Yeah, well, yeah, it does to be fair. It does to be fair. All right, yeah. anyway, crack sorry, on. Next sorry, question. We can't, we can't dwell on Chris for too long. Apologies for that. But I'll, I'll, I, I'll... I wish you'd have been on for that now. I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> expecting the rage that just came out with the Chris sandwich. But yeah, go on. Another topic we recently covered was phobias. Do you have a phobia of anything, or is there anything you particularly are terrified of like that? Mine is spiders, but that's a bit of an obvious one. But I do, I am crap at spiders. I don't like anything that buzzes or flies or crawls along. You know, I, I basically How can you when I was not a kid, like stuff was... that flies. You've made a career out of plane crashes. <laughs> I'm terrified of flying. What? I'm really scared of flying. I made myself scared of flying. But also, when I was a kid, I was playing in a cardboard box like you do when you're working class because you're just playing cardboard boxes. And it must have been on an ant's nest. So then I was covered in ants. So ever since then, I've been really terrified of anything creepy crawling because it just, my mum had to rinse me in the sink. Um, But. um, Didn't you have a bath in Birmingham? (laughs) 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 You still have outside toilets somewhere. I I am I've got a few really weird idiosyncrasy things. I don't put a, I won't put up an umbrella if it's not obviously raining because if it's that in between rain I won't put an umbrella up unless I see someone else with one up because I don't want anyone running up to go ah it's not really raining ah that's a fool. <laughs> That's oh brilliant. my god you you are going to be a regular guest on the show. I've just, I've just... <laughs> and the other one I don't like right. I've got a really weird thing. I don't like anybody that I don't know looking like, you know, like if you have to, because I do a lot of traveling for gigs, obviously. And like, so when I have to open my suitcase to get something out, I don't like anyone looking inside my suitcase. So like, if I ever get searched at the airport, I'm having a meltdown. (laughs) Taking everything out of your suitcase. There's like hundreds of people around. I'm like, I'm just like going, don't, don't freak out, Susan. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Is that just because you, you don't like people looking at your stuff or are you actually smuggling things through airports? (laughs) If only it was just the latter, it would be more more interesting, but I'm just weirder than that. (laughs) You just don't like people looking at my smalls. Your smalls, no, yeah, yeah. You got You just take the clean ones. Just take the clean ones on holiday. Keep the mucky ones for when you're at home. (laughs) Right, one last thing before we get into the main one. Obviously, it's going to be in the news with sad events recently. But on as quick as you can, royal family. Oh, this ain't going to be a quick one with Susan. I'll tell you. Do you like them or do you not like them, or do you not think they should exist? As a person from a Glaswegian background. 
um, I come from a family of anti-royalists. Oh, right. Um, since I've been watching The Crown, I'm quite warm to them, really, even though that's complete, you know, most of it's complete nonsense and made up. But I, I have to say, I do quite like the younger ones. Yeah. They're a bit more human, do you know what I mean? They're a bit more normal. And I, I like Harry. And I'm quite glad that, you know, they've managed to get some fit birds in the royal family, because let's face it, that Beatrice and her sister, what a pair of mingers they are. I mean, Jesus Christ. Absolute mingers. Okay. I mean, they look like a couple of Russian, they look like Russian shot put women, don't they? They, do. they are a bit butch, like, it is weird. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I have to admit, I didn't know a lot of the stuff that Prince Philip had actually done because I'd been subjected to all the media stuff about him being a massive racist and all this. Stuff. Yeah. But then you look at all this stuff they set up, like the wildlife stuff and all the things he did for Art in Burn, getting him in play. And I'm like, why Why was none of that ever told Yeah, to? I didn't know a lot of that stuff. And like, There's always this weird well, stuff. Is, had you heard of the Duke of Edinburgh Ward until you moved to London? They just didn't have it. Like it wasn't for scumbags like me. I'd never even heard of it until I'd like moved to London. Like literally, no idea. I don't like, know when I heard of it. To be honest, working class just don't do that stuff. This is a crap thing. But one of the saddest things for me about him dying is I wanted him to get to a hundred so he'd get a telegram from his wife and just yeah. Say yeah, yeah, yeah. The everyone did. She could yeah, just. You know, hand I reckon she'd write it on the back of a pack pack and just throw it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Philip Gunk on the head. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, so, uh, so that well, that was Coleman as well. So, is this is this where the underlying hatred? You fancied yourself playing the Queen, did we? Obviously, you know, I sound just like her, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, there is that, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I, it was like I had to. I had to wait until I was ill. I had a. I had a. I had like a, some kind of like a three-day virus thing, and I thought. While I'm ill, I, I, I can't rage while I'm ill, so I'll watch The Crown now because I'm too sick to rage about Olivia Coleman getting all of the acting work that's ever been. She is everywhere. She is oh, in a God, lot she's of like, things. She's like Japanese knotweed. She's everywhere, and you can't get rid of her. <laughs> Does my nothing. But, um, really no, I did like The Crown uh, as a show to watch, yeah. But did did anyone else while they were... Have you watched it, Ben? Shockingly, I've never watched an episode of The Crown. I've been told to quite a okay. bit, and I might get into it now. Yeah. When you you might do this, Susan, because I do think you are a little bit like me when it comes to factual stuff. But were you sat there with the laptop on your knee, googling shit while you're watching? Yeah, it? I do Google stuff while I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I'm always going right. Did that happen? Is that like this? What's happened here? Like, there's just yeah. stuff. But I have like, to say, the, the girl who played um, Princess Diana <clears throat> was absolutely. I mean, you. It, she was so her. She was superb. Yeah, yeah. I spot on. Brilliant. I thought they were all. Yeah. I think the guy who plays Charles in the last two is brilliant. Toby, yeah, I agree um, as well. What's it called? Toby Mendes, is it? I can't remember his surname. The guy who plays Philip in the last two were brilliant. Mind you, I thought Matt yeah. Smith was brilliant. In fact, yeah. Philip is kind of my favourite character throughout the whole thing, ironically, but and I thought that before. But yeah, anyway. Fascinating right, yes. stuff. Let's, we should have had you on for others. Let's get into so the, the nitty-gritty of this episode, which is a bit hard-hitting. And obviously, Susan has experience of this because uh, you've, you've performed about it. But it can be a bit of a worrying subject. We're going to talk about plane crashes. So uh, <laughs> A little bit. Let's get a bit darker than usual. Right. A little bit darker. So you're... You, um, yeah, firstly, what started this? Like, where did the plane crash thing come about for you? 
the root of it is <clears throat> um in i had to, i was going out with someone we were living together and he snored all night every night no matter what oh. position he was lying in and i'm a horrific insomniac so this I is a very tentative watching... link, I feel. <laughs> stick with me. Stick okay, with me. right. Well, I'm I started you. watching in bed on an iPad air crash investigation because actually the narrator's voice is quite soporific. <laughs> it used to get me to sleep. I know that's counterintuitive, watching a thing about plane crashes. But... All right, just pause there, though. How did you get to that? What? Right, he's snoring. He's keeping you up. What part of you thought, I know what will get me to sleep? Airplane crashes. Have a little tap of that on the keyboard. I like, can't remember. I really the, genuinely, genuinely can't remember. You tried I, car crashes and that didn't do up for you. So <laughs> I think I'd just seen it on Nat Geo. I'd watched a few and I really liked it. And then I really started watching it. You, see, you can't you can't say things like I really liked it. <laughs> you know, I really liked it. Interesting I love track, find, yeah. it's really interesting. Like finding out the reasons why certain planes crash. Like there was one in Sioux City, and I think it was 19. Oh, is it 89 or 94? I think it was 89. And um, basically um, a disc in the engine shattered. And the plane, it did land, but it cartwheeled. So a lot of people died. A lot of people lived, though. And um, and they actually managed Silver to work lining. it backwards. Oh, because it's the detective skills that fascinate me, right? They worked it backwards. And they worked at it 17 years previously. Somebody in the factory making these discs had put too much nitrogen in the mix. Bloody and hell, it led right. to metal. Well, they only found that out 17 years later. 17 years later, when, you know, however many people died as it cart, um, cartwheeled at Sioux City. Because wow. I know that you and I have an equal love for true crime stuff. So yeah. we like our we like our forensic stuff. I know we do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So it's all, it's all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, isn't that mental? Like 17 years previously, somebody who was just, you know, Billy Bob, who was just a bit hungover at work because his wife's been like, you know, playing around behind his back down the bar where she sings on a Friday night. <laughs> I love a backstory. You um, do. Yeah. He's, he's obviously, you know, distracted at work and puts too much nitrogen in. I find that kind of thing terrifying and mind blowing. So I, did I, anything. Go, go on. on sorry. No, go on, Martin. Sorry, mate. But did anything come of that then? So 17 years later, they found out this happened. Did did the company who did that, was there any... Because obviously it didn't happen again. So it was just a one-off, a one-off. Or has it happened since that particular accident? I mean, uh, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure it probably has. But I mean, they're few and far between. But every time there's like an accident like that, the industry tries to stop it from happening again. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, so sure. they, they, they now do... More regular. Oh, actually, this 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 crack in the um in the disc was visible to the na- naked eye. Um, so they just hadn't maintained it properly. They hadn't been very thorough. And my cousin's husband is an aircraft engineer, and they actually they at night time they um they X-ray aircraft to check for that kind of thing. Oh wow! So basically, it just means because you know the safety gets better and better and better and better and better. Um, unless we're talking about the Boeing 737 Max H, which crashed, and loads of pilots had said, there's something wrong with this MCAS system, there's something wrong with this MCAS system, and one of them crashed, and then they didn't ground them because there's loads of money to be lost, and basically BA, um, BA, um, uh, Boeing are so powerful, they're kind of in bed with the FAA, the Federal Aviation Association of America, who are meant to be the safety people. Um, They can pretty much do what they want, 
So they didn't ground the planes. And then four months later, there was another crash, same plane, same make plane. And, um, and that's when they grounded it. You go, you should have, you know, that's like 300 extra people that died because, because you didn't want to lose any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this Money is always the biggest thing, though, isn't it? And do you know why the Boeing 737 Max... Do you know why the Max 8 crashed? Because Boeing had fired all their um, programmers that had been doing it for, like, years. You know, guys in their 40s and 50s who'd been doing it for decades. And they basically hired a load of um, technology students. They outsourced it to India. And they were paying them $10 an hour to write the programs. Wow. I mean... I, I want my programs written by an unmarried nerd who lives for zeros and ones. That's what, that, and he's been doing it for decades. He doesn't have any friends, and he sits there eating burgers and just program. Just that's what that's who I want programming my my planes. Yeah, to me, like, like I'm only aware of it. Sounds awful, but like the sort of more famous plane crashes, I haven't looked into history. You mean the classics? Yeah, yeah. But I was going to say. <laughs> The thing that happened relatively recently that I still can't believe, and maybe it's happened more times than they just don't get reported, but that MH370 that was over the Indian Ocean and got lost. Well, and they just nobody's, disappeared. Nobody's ever found... Uh, they sort of were rumoured to have found bits of parts that could have they been found from a it couple of, They found um, a flapper on. Yeah, yeah. And it had damage where it looked like it had been... It, they reckon it, you know, the, obviously the plane must have landed relatively pretty much intact otherwise it'd be more debris yeah 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 so they reckon that the plane is intact but how do you and then they've had things scouring the bottom of the oceans haven't they i suppose yeah how do you land how do you land a wide-bodied jet on an on a on an ocean without it breaking up and then that's virtually impossible yeah 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 well I yeah mean, without there being any sign of it is yeah yeah def- i mean well, and they were the area weren't they kind of happened just, but the Air France 447, the one that went from Rio, um, Rio de Janeiro to Paris, that just disappeared in the middle of the ocean, um, it took them two years to find that black box, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen one. I've seen some of the um, documentary stuff where they go searching for all these things as well. I can't say I was listening to it to go to sleep, Paul, because I found the voice of the guy particularly arousing in any way. <laughs> but um, it, it was interesting how how hard it is to try and find i think it was the 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 malaysia one that went missing and they they were looking in the wrong area then um it's amazing i mean i i i'm the opposite i have a slight fascination with the sea actually and what's under it what's in there because i was a big titanic fan way before the film came out and spoiled it with a stupid love story uh (laughs) i went to see that so many times because of the ship i was like God, it is a beautiful ship. And the fact that it's under the ocean, and I was obsessed with it. Have you been, to the, museum? Pro- have you been to the museum in Belfast? I have, yes, 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 yes. I went... Oh, uh, I was I was in the lift there going, I mean, it's a really good idea because it's it's owned by the people who built the ship. And I thought, yeah, what, yeah, a great, yeah. what a great way of clawing back all that money that you lost on the ship that went down. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Uh, <clears throat> so I get... Like, the sea is just engulfed so many... That I dr- if the there's a programme the clear the, the oceans or something... The bottom of the sea is mountainous, isn't it? That's why if you're yeah. putting a little submarine, it's like it's like putting something up and down like Mount Everest. Like, how yeah. would you find something on Mount Everest? That, I mean, the black boxes, they're only, what, three, four? Why? You know, they're not very big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah, tiny little things. But so. Black, black boxes were invented by a guy called David Warren, um, this Australian guy who's, um, his dad had died in a plane crash when he was eight years old, and his dad had bought in this, like, radio set for him to put radio sets together. 
So this guy, David Warren, he grew up to be an actual rocket scientist for the Australian government. And he was, he built the black box on the sly. He's, 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 he's immediate line manager knew he was, he was doing it, but he went, look, I, you know, just do it on the side. Don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. And then they had people from uh, the uh, British Air Force come around and then, and his boss went, oh, David's been working on this, this, this flight recorder thing. And the Brits were like, really? So when the Australians weren't interested in it, so they, the British, they flew David over to, over to England um, and the flight he was on, I think it stopped at Singapore or something, but the, the initial flight that it was on got into trouble. And the, the pilot was like, I don't know whether to, should we carry on or should we, should we stop somewhere? Should we carry on? They decided to carry on. And David was on that flight thinking, I might have to switch this thing, this thing on right now. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> that would have been died, the yeah. ultimate irony, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know, I know. But when David died, um, his, his daughter had etched on the top of his coffin, Flight recorder inventor, do not open. Oh, wow. That's almost just fantastic. <laughs> it's a bit like the Pringles guy who was buried in a Pringles can, wasn't it? Cremated. Was it really? Yeah, he's cremated <laughs> and then buried in a Pringles tube. And the weird thing is, once someone tries to open it, they can't stop because it's Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so it, you start go on, man. Well, I was going to say it's a bit frivolous, but isn't it true that most black boxes are actually orange now to make them easier to yeah, see? Yeah, because how would you find something? They've never yeah. been black. They've never They've been never black. Been and I think black. black oh, okay. I think a black box is just a general term used in um, old-fashioned radio type electronics. It's just a black box because it's got electrics in it. Right. Um, right. Okay. No one's no well, one's entirely sure how the phrase black box came around, but yeah, they've always been they've always been orange. Yeah. Right. But right, so you're in bed trying to get to sleep with all this stuff, and it interests you. So how does that go from the amount of research you've put in, or did you immediately think, as awful as it is to say, there's comedy gold in this? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's a stand-up show. So what's fascinating me is how you go from one to the other, because you've done, obviously a lot of research to even come up with the stuff that you just well, spit I, all in the NL. I just watched it like constantly for about three or four years. And then I was um, obviously putting on Facebook, I'm going on a flight and I just <laughs> really terrified. And then um, I've got a friend, um, a writer friend who does, he does a bit of writing with me and he messaged me, he went, you've got to do stuff about these plane crashes. This has got to, because I was going to write a show about swearing because I love swearing. I was going to write a show called Potty Mouth. And then, um, and then my friend Matt went, I think you really need to do this plane stuff. And I thought, how can I make it funny, though, without insulting people? And that's been the, the joy of writing it has been how to do jokes about things that are horrendous that involved quite a lot of death. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. I, I managed it. Because it's not. I didn't have, no one walked out. No one yeah, got insulted. Well, it's not it, offensive. I went to see it. I had to lug some Airplane apparatus 300 miles up to Edinburgh four years oh, to do that. Of course, you did. I forgot about that. So but, sorry. Um, yeah. it, it, it was fun having that in the car. I thought if anyone stops me, I can't explain this away, can I? I don't know what it is. It's like a, it's a giant yoke. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it's under my bed. I've still got it. It's under my bed. You? Yeah. Um, because it's not an offensive thing. And I think that's one thing that you did do very well with the show is that I was, I was worried when I was going because. I know that you like your swearing and you like your argument. And I thought, 
if this is just going to be berating a lot of dead people for getting on a plane like 20, but it's so intelligently written, which again is another reason I always wanted to do a chat with you about it because you, you, you kind of sidestep all that. So it's quite good that you've put the research in. Um, but how much, I was going to say how much research did you do, but obviously three or four years of watching this stuff, it's kind of embedded into yeah. your psyche now, I imagine. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I couldn't really get enough in there, really. I, I could probably do like at least a two-hour show because there's loads more plane crashes I wanted to talk to because I didn't do, I couldn't talk about Lockerbie. I didn't talk about the BA flight where the, the pilot comes, like the window just pops out and the pilot goes flying out the window, but then he catches his, caught his feet on the yoke. And they reckon that um, the reason why he didn't actually go flying out the window is because he, he had his wallet in his back pockets. <laughs> so I was thinking, right, from now on, I'm going to fly with that guy's wallet in my back pocket <laughs> to make it safe now. Um, really? Wow. Yeah, love, yeah I just, and I just didn't have time to talk about it. I mean, but what, what I also did, I did that kind of classic Edinburgh show by like threading some personal stuff in it and then sort of yeah. tying it up at the end and then having a, a fake, fake ending and then here's the real ending and... I had yeah. a bit of a song in there and like had a bit of audience interaction. Um, when you so, say you're terrified of flying yourself, is that true? I mean, will you actively avoid it or do you just accept you have to do it and you're going to be terrified? I just accept that I have to do it. And I don't <clears> get scared until I'm just about to get onto the plane. I don't, I'm not one of these people that starts freaking out on the, on the tube on the way there. I mean, I'm literally, oh God, I've forgotten how much I hate flying. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I've worked out what it is I don't like. It's because... <laughs> If I feel the plane move, I don't like that bit. Yeah. It has to do off. that in order to get somewhere. I know. It's really <laughs> unfortunate, isn't it? So I hate takeoff and I hate landing. Well, I like landing more because it means it's over. But the takeoff really freaks me out because it takes off and then it seems to kind of like throttle down and it feels like it can't actually get up in the air. But I did a fear of flying course and I found out they have to throttle down at a certain height because of the noise for the residents. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. And I thought the plane just wasn't working properly. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> you, um, did a, you did a fear of flying course. Yeah, because I needed to do it anyway. And I thought, well, it's researched my show, so it's tax deductible. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Well, so how long's, a, how long's a course? Is it a bit like the speeding course when you like, yeah, no, like well, it's an, an whole, hour? It's a, whole, it's a lot more expensive. It's a whole day. So you get all these um, people who work for the flights and pilots and they, they come on. And basically this, the summary of the course is like, what are the chances? That's basically what they say. What are the chances of it happening? But like you go, but it does happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you. Um, yeah. But you yourself have said that when something happens, they rectify it. So they go through the process of saying, right, that's the fault. So they rectify it. Yeah, so you, you know. that dead unlucky one day, couldn't you? Well, so even even though that happens, you, that still hasn't. Eased well, that's the weird the fear thing when you think life. when you think about that. If every time something happens, they try and stop that particular thing from happening again, and there are still plane crashes, it's like how many things are there that can go wrong? Yeah. You know, that need yeah. to be rectified. That's that's a bit freaky. I, think. I mean, I let you into summer. I hate flying. Can't stand oh, it. I've probably good. been. Well, I've been on a plane twice. I think that I can actually remember, uh, because I, I I've avoided it like the plague. I've usually gone on a boat and I'll go to Europe and that's about it. I had to fly for a wedding, uh, two weddings actually. I had a wedding in Italy, a wedding in Greece, but they went back to back one week, the next week. And what was even more annoying is I was desperately trying to find 
because I had to go to Italy first and then I had to go to Greece, which are very near each other. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I could do this three flights there, 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 triangle. I can get myself through that. No, I can't get a flight from Italy to Greece. I've got to come back to the UK. No. I had to fly to Italy, fly back from Italy, sleep one night, which didn't happen, I'll tell you now. Then the next day, fly to Greece and fly back from it was a nightmare. Absolutely. You know nightmare. something? It's on the same bit of land. Yeah, that seems crazy. I couldn't get a, a way of doing it. The the quickest and easiest way was for me to fly both ways. I'd have got an but Uber. I didn't fuck it. I, I, <laughs> didn't, I was meeting people there for the Italy one. It might have been the other way around, actually. Because the first time I went, I was with uh my one of my best mates, Craig Murray, ironically. And I literally had to hold his hand on the flight. And he's like, what are you doing? He was so... I don't think he's ever been ashamed for me to be his mate. A grown man sitting there, just just get me through the up bit. I'm all right doing the up bit. And then to Italy, I was on my own. I was meeting my friends out there and I've never been so scared of getting a flight. It's just, I hate it. Something that big. Because I I, 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 I get... I get. I, I've actually. I once sprained both of my wrists from gripping onto the armrest. Like during. Like just. I kind of. I tense up, and I look at the floor, and I close my eyes and I frown. Re, I just frown for like ages because I'm just like I can't stand it. And then as it just goes, you know, you get to that kind of point where it's just there's no turbines, just like the buzzing noise of the engines. Yeah. Then I kind of. I kind of relax a little bit, but I can't. I can't really eat. I, I can't eat before it. I can't. Oh. No, I'm better now. I've gotten used to it. I, I, I could probably happily go on a flight now, but that takeoff is the most horrific thing. I can't bear uh, it. I can't, I can't bear it. it. It's, it's, so, it's so weird. Me I mean, I don't always... think I could do it knowing the information you know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like... the thing I, that's the thing. That's, I know too much. That's the thing. Yeah. I yeah. actually know too much. And now and I'm convinced. No one's ever accused I, you of that I'm before. Like, I'm like an amateur. I'm on my... <laughs> Every time there's a plane crash, right? I get about 10 people go, here's the link. Oh, there's been a plank, there's a plank. What do you reckon it is? What do you reckon it is? I'm like this amateur <laughs> air crash investigator. And I've since become friends with an actual air crash investigator. Oh, that's, oh, wow. that's your job. Why are you getting He's been on air crash investigation. He's been on it. He's like one of the talking heads. And, um, and he's going to, it was my birthday recently. And he said to me, have you ever had a flying lesson? I went, I do not. No, no, absolutely not. He went, give you one for your birthday. I was like, no, no, not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. <laughs> and then I put it on Facebook, and then about 50 people went, you've got to do it, 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 you've got to do it. And then I thought, do you know what? I could do it sponsored, because people are going, I'd pay to see you do that. I said, I could do it sponsored for the Comedians Benevolent Fund. Oh, great, yeah. Oh, God, so nice. I'm going to do a flying lesson, but I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> oh, you've not done it yet? No. Oh, wow. When's that then? It's going to be, um, I'm going to have it, because I'm doing the Brighton Festival, I'm doing my plane crash show there, and there's an airport in Shoreham. Are you doing so Brighton? Gonna, That's, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to do, I'm going to try and do it the week before my show, because if I do it on the day, I'll just be in peace, I won't be able to, I won't be able to perform, I'll just be drinking a <laughs> bottle of brandy. Um, when, when, I'll do when, it the week when, before and try and get, you know, because then I can get some money, publicity, get money for the Benevolent Fund, get audience in for my show and, you know, couple it all up together. But so that'll be... That'll be June. What's, what week's this? June. June, yeah. Yeah. So um, the shows are on the 19th to 20th of June at a place called The Walrus. And then in July, I'm doing, I think it's the 17th and 19th, the weekend of the 18th, I'm doing Soho Theatre in London. Oh, cool. Okay. It's so that weird. Only when... in, that only came in today, actually. So 
Well, plug anyone who's listening who wants to go see a show. There you go. Yeah. We should. I'd be interested to have you on after the uh, after the the flight lesson. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would... that would be an interesting catch up. Well, for the sure. thing is, in the show, I I do the ending, and it's tied up with my personal life as it was then. But that's changed now. So I actually I need a different ending. Oh, um, so there's going to be a I've rewrite. Got, I did. I did jump out of an airplane at fourteen thousand. I was attached to a man with a parachute. I didn't just do it because it was something to do. I don't like this flight. I'm getting off. Um, <laughs> so I, I have done a skydive in Hawaii. So I could always use that footage if I don't do the the, the flying. But Joe Bohr, another comedian, is also a documentary maker. He's agreed to come and come and film me. And I was like, "Do you want to be in the plane? Because I could get a four seater. That's an option." He went, "I think I'll just put a couple of GoPros in there." <laughs> so, okay, I was like. I don't blame you, mate. I don't blame you. <laughs> no, that would terrify nice. me, skydiving. It's funny, when you t- both talk about being afraid of flying, and I've always been all right with flying, except we flew to South Africa for a friend's wedding about four or five years ago. And on the way back, it's the only time it's ever happened where I've flown somewhere, and I must have been in my life on about 25 flights, something like that. And the plane got struck by lightning. And apparently oh they told us afterwards it's quite common. Um, yeah. because it's I've a heard it's object quite in the sky obviously but at the time it happened there was this sort of crack and then all the lights went. it was at night obviously and all the um lights went off on the thing all the tvs on the chairs went off and there was just this sort of and you were like is that all the electrics failing on the flight and they were like no oh, obviously God. we have things in place when it gets struck by light there's lots it? of backup systems yeah. yeah it doesn't affect anything but there was a split second where i was like oh shit is that is something we're going to suddenly lose altitude or whatever, but it was totally fine. And they put everyone's mind at rest, but that was weird. Yeah. But they, they do get hit by lightning a lot <clears> in the sky, but they're meant to avoid um, uh, thunderstorms or, you know, if they can. Yeah. Um, but there was a flight. This is just before I did Edinburgh um, in 2019, but a month before there was an aeroflot that took off from Moscow airport and that got hit by lightning and it, all its electrics went and they, um, oh, wow. and they had to, and they couldn't even tell air traffic control they were coming back. There's this, there's a code that they can talk, they can like they can like text it, right, um, right. Which means we're coming back, clear all the space. Yeah, yeah. And they landed, but they landed really hard, and they bounced about three times, and the back of the plane went on fire. And it's, um, it was on the news because people were still getting their hand luggage out while people were at the back burning. <laughs> oh and about forty yeah. odd, forty odd people British, died. British, were it? People, um, <laughs> yeah. People, people with their hand luggage. And I thought, do you know what? If I'd have been any of the cabin crew on there, I would have taken all their hand luggage that they had, I would have put it in a pile and I would have set fire to it and go, there you go, that's what, that's what you get for stopping for your hand luggage, you selfish swines. Yeah, Absolutely. that's horrendous. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah isn't it? So Terrible. some quick fire stuff then. What is, because mm-hmm. we are coming to short, what is the biggest crash that you're aware of? Uh, the biggest uh, loss of life uh, plane incident is a collision at Tenerife Airport, and it was 1978, um, and the the main airport was closed because of a terrorist attack. So they were all um, they were all diverted to Los Rod- uh, Rodios Airport, which is a small airport, and then fog descended, and uh, the Pan Am jet that was getting ready to take off uh, hadn't cleared the runway, and the um, the Dutch airliner took off, but they hadn't actually got permission to take off. The, the pilot was just being really impatient. And actually, so they, they collided. Some people in the Pan Am jet lived. Nearly 600 people died in that one. But 
KLM, um, when they realised they'd had a crash, they were going to send their head pilot over there to see what was going on, and it turns out he was the captain of the plane. Really? Ah, oh, God, right, yeah. Yeah, but the biggest single airplane loss of life was the Japanese airline. You know where the um, it flew into a mountain because the bulkhead at the back, which is a circular bit of metal that's riveted to the plane and it keeps it pressurised, it had been in a tail strike, so it had been, re- it had been repaired, and they're meant to put two lots of rivets around this bulkhead, but they'd only done one. So after a certain amount of flights, um, it, it, it yeah. just burst. So there was decompression and it went, cut through the hydraulics, which and the plane couldn't, they couldn't control the plane. And they flew into a mountain and a, I think there was nearly 400 died on that, but four people survived actually. But the Did guy they do one set because they generally thought that was strong enough or because they were cost cutting or something? I don't, I can't remember the reasons behind it, but another guy who was in charge of the repairs, he killed himself. He committed Harry Carey. Jesus, really? Wow. Yeah, wow. from the shame of wow. it, yeah. Sorry, it got very dark. <clears throat> didn't it? Is, there yeah, one, the... is there one airline that's had more accidents than another? Is there known to be one airline that's worse or are several that have had more or are they all Aeroflot's kind of... Aeroflot's not good. They're average. kind of, a lot of the third world countries there, that, you know, their their maintenance isn't very good. Air, yeah. Air France have had quite a few crashes. Um right. Is there uh, one that's been quite disastrous, but there's been main like all survivors, other than other than the obvious thing of the, is it Sully who landed it in the Hudson? I mean, is there something yeah, that was I an mean, actual the, crash? Where... Like most most plane crashes they're, they're they're not fatal, but we only hear about the fatalities because that's good news, isn't it? Well, not good news, but you know I mean it's newsworthy rather. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And like the thing is, like, there's more people die in car crashes on a daily basis but because it's not they're not all in one vehicle together it yeah. doesn't make the news it's like jibs and drabs isn't it so yeah yeah so that's why plane crashes are just <clears> so <throat> horrifyingly awful and can you i mean what, how many are there per year on average or is the you know the, the, the safest way to fly is in a time machine and to go back to 2017 because there were no plane crashes in 2017 oh wow none none Okay. Does it often yeah. hit like? Are we talking double figures on an average year, or? No, not that many. No. no so they are they are, they are quite few and. F- Wait, few yeah. And when you think the number of commercial flights there must be yeah. each year, yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount, if you only got to look on flight <laughs> rate, I mean, you see the amount of flights that are in the air. I mean, even during the pandemic, you're like, there's still quite a lot of flights. What? Do you see them watch that? Yeah. Do you sit and watch the thing where the you watch yes, the flight? Yeah, my air crash investigator. He'll send me the odd text and go, "Oh, there's an emergency on this flight." <laughs> so then I look oh, you at can it see all. Right, right, all. Yeah. Can yeah. you see all that, haven't you? Nice, nice. And sometimes you can see it land. I'm like, I'm waiting for the fire trucks to come on. The little animation on the actual app. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're going to Christmas. Do you watch Santa go across the sky as well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to run is out of time. Is it only about... three flight checks? Yeah. yeah, we're going to run out of time in about three minutes. But on a slightly lighter note, when you're thinking about the world of plane crashes and stuff, um, do you like the film Airplane? Oh, God, yeah. It's one of my, I saw Airplane and Blazing Saddles when I was about 10, like both within like a couple of weeks of each other. And they're still two of my favourite comedy programmes so ever. That humour of Airplane is my favourite kind of humour, like a lot yeah, of yeah, wordplay yeah, yeah, yeah. and just... The just Alana, Alana can't stand that kind of... I kind of can't. Well, it's not she can't stand it. She doesn't like watching it for some reason. But yeah, airplane things like that. 
Naked, naked guns. It's all yeah. my yeah. Kind what of I love stuff, about that stuff. is all the little things that are going on in the background that you might not even notice, like the, mm-hmm. the the announcers in the airport arguing with each other and stuff like that, and then just that taxi <laughs> being left on on hire, and then it's at the end of the film he's still there, and it's like three hundred dollars on the thing or whatever. I'll, I'll never forget my my first thing with that kind of comedy was in the Naked Gun TV show. Yeah. I think it's like episode one or something, and Frank. Drebin's just driving down the thing and he just says, or the voiceover says, I decided to head back to the office. So he just slaps it in reverse. (laughs) (laughs) And I literally, as a kid, I literally wet myself. I I just found it the funniest thing ever, just reversing down Uh, the road. And just that kind of humour just hooked me from there. You know what? No one knows you're going to call for you on the white phone. And then he picks up the red phone and goes, No, the white phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, we're going to be um, we have got less out than a minute very soon. So we Thanks do. Have me, guys. And I've really, really, really enjoyed it. Thank you yeah, so much for doing Come back it. and speak to us again for Anytime. sure. And especially after this flying lesson, I want to see how it goes. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Susan Murray, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. There she was. Brilliant. There she was, Susan Murray. There she was, Susan Murray. There, delightful, like Jules Holland. Susan Murray. Uh, I do like the airplane stuff, though. That is a a, a good little. Yeah. The films, sorry, the airplane. Yeah, 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 absolutely were... classic film. Um, and just Leslie Nielsen in that is awesome. And my favourite bits in that are the number of times they do that gag. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients. That's not important <laughs> yeah. right now. Just all that kind of stuff. And then the amount of time when the amount of times though that the line whenever me and Alana have an argument, she'll always at some point say, Are you being serious? And I always say, without even though she doesn't get it because she's never seen it, uh, but I always say, I'm always she's never even said it. She hasn't even said the line right, but I always finish with that line because in my head that gag just is just there. Uh it's classic, it's classic. And totally. uh, Thanks again to Susan for extensive and slightly worrying knowledge of plane crashes. It made me feel less confident about flying now. Having, having yeah, totally, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But like she, I, I genuinely am impressed with how much she knows about it. And yeah. uh, I, 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 I kind of regret not having a bit more uh, questions in the arsenal there. But I, I, I think we will get her back on because yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, I enjoyed that. If you're, <laughs> you said you've not been on very many flights because you, you don't like it, I have been on a few. I can remember one story worth sharing is the first time I ever went on a sort of decent flight that was sort of non-economy was on our uh, honeymoon. And obviously we decided to fork out for a nicer flight. And it was a Virgin Atlantic flight. We went to St. Lucia and it was the first time I've been on one where you get a console and you get your own screen and you can watch whatever films and TV shows and everything. And it had this game on it that was a general knowledge quiz that went on a cycle. So it would have 10 rounds of questions, but each time it repeated, they were different questions, but it would show you the seat numbers of everyone on the plane that was playing. And it did a sort of league table that updated throughout the flight. And we'd not oh, had a lot of sleep. The I'd night enjoy before. that. Yeah, we'd not had a lot of sleep the night before. I remember saying to Hayley, sorry, I can sleep on the flight. It's an eight and a half hour flight or whatever. And I got obsessed with this general knowledge quiz and played it for about six hours on the flight. Never slept at all. And for the first half a day of our honeymoon was absolutely knackered, falling asleep everywhere. And she was like, yeah, you really should have gone to sleep on the flight and not done the general knowledge quiz. Yeah, I mean, I've not done, I've only done, I mean, the extent of my airplane, I think is easy, Jet. 
Ian EasyJet, I might have been on a Ryanair to Belfast actually when I went to uh, a wedding there as well. Actually, so okay, I've been on yeah. a few. T- I've been on a few planes. In fact, not I, I unintentionally lied there, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so all mine have been like these economy hour, two hour, well, two to three hours max. I've not done these big long haul things. I genuinely don't know how I would cope on a long haul flight. But yeah. if they have a movie or a quiz or something. I'll probably be all right. Like that's that's a good thing. The in, the in entertainment stuff. Uh, I genuinely forgot to ask her about um, the stuff that I said I'd ask her about. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll get her on again. It's all right. We never worry. found out what she knows about using your phone on a flight, which is mildly yeah. interesting. We'll have to get her back on just to ask that question. Yeah, yeah. We, so, yeah. We, well, we will note well, that down for next time. It always annoys me, the experience of being in an airport. It always seems to take too long for your luggage to come round on that carousel thing. And, you know, that always upsets me. I always think they really should be much more efficient at that. There's and then you worry, has someone got the same case as you? Is someone going to nick your case? And But you can get those sort of coloured belts to wrap around suitcases now to help you identify them a bit more. So... Um, yeah, the I didn't like all the stuff going through the airport with regards to having to... I, I mean, I get it. I think it's slightly extreme. There's obviously a reason for it that I don't know, but all this fluid stuff, you oh, have to... Yeah, you, in a you bag. can't take a full bottle of shampoo because you might be doing some... Design, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't quite understand where any of that comes from. I guess there must be some way of making a bomb out of shampoo and nitroglycerin or something i I know it's the liquid and you only need a small amount of liquid to cause an explode i get that yeah yeah there must be an easier way of testing if it's shampoo or there must be a way that you can do like have a sealed bottle have it bought from the shop whatever but you you can you have to buy it from the shop there you buy the stuff from their shops and they said no yeah you can't have that mate it's just just sell us the like they sell them in the little ones, but if they sold us an appropriate bottle, but you bought it from their shop, surely you've yeah. got that kind of security there. Uh, I don't know what planes, what airports are going to be like post uh, COVID. Another yeah. thing I never asked her about, actually. Um, but like, surely the, it, it must be quicker now. I imagine most of the checking stuff is going to be done. Uh, uh, yeah. Externally, you can't have big queues of people, or you can't have, like, I don't know how that industry is going to open in a sufficient well, way to appease everybody when the first lockdown was on and then when the second lockdowns were announced i remember seeing loads in the news about the airline the aviation industry saying they were in a state of you know desperation and stuff was going to be, have to be done and there'd be bailouts and whatever and it's all gone really quiet and a, i know there are lots of people flying again a friend of mine's a cabin steward for virgin and um, he's always worked a month on a month off because he's a performer as well and has done other stuff. And he said he went back in November and so he worked November, January and March now. And it- Well, surely you're not suggesting, Ben, that the British public um, panicked about something or over-exaggerated a situation <laughs> in any way, shape or that, that That's not a thing. Oh, no, of course not. I would never insinuate no. that. No, no. Uh, no, I don't think, like, people who genuinely, yeah, all right. They, they laid people off or they put them on furlough, all this. Of course, they grounded flouts, flouts, flights. There was a pandemic going on. Yeah. But do yeah, people yeah. seriously think that there's not going to be any more planes or trips or anything like that happening? These industries will survive. They have to because we're, uh, we are people who like to travel. Yeah. Well, I'm not, obviously, but the, the general <laughs> population are people 
who like to travel, like to go places, want to go see as much of the world as they can. And I don't think that's going to stop because of what's happened here. I mean, yeah. we already had this 100 years ago after the Spanish flu, uh, when that was a, a worldwide pandemic as well. And, you know, we did all right. We were back to how we were yeah. two years ago. Yeah, so true, true. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be this big no. thing. Uh, no, I, I hope not. Saying. I think you're right. Now, well, listen, as ever, time is getting the better of us. It's getting to a, a relatively near the end where we're going to have to bring this to a close. Um, but what one thing we controversially haven't done, and I would like to put to you now, usually before we start recording these podcasts, we discuss some of the things we might want to talk about in the future. We have You do this every week now. <laughs> we haven't agreed on a future topic. I'd like to thrust it upon you now. I'm going to keep it relatively broad. And this has been quite a serious podcast in essence. So how about oh, the here we next go. one? Well, I'm just thinking it was the MasterChef final recently. Why don't we do one was about it? the wonderful world of cookery? The wonderful who, who, world. Who, who watched it? Did you watch the MasterChef I final? Do, I am really into MasterChef. I do like it. Yeah, The it British was, one. The yeah, British one like is The pants. actual final was a couple of weeks ago now, but I really enjoy it. Oh, the British one is rubbish. I like the American one. I like Ramsey. Get chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, chef. No, I'll no. do that. If we're including stuff like that, yeah, if we're including yeah, like talking broad. about Ramsey going mental over a tin of beans, <laughs> then I'm in for that chat. Let's in do fact, it. Yeah. All right. Go on. You always manage to pick these things and then win me over with it, but it's a random way. But yeah, I love Ramsey and that. So I'll have a little chat about the chefs and the culinary situation. Nice. Yeah, let's do it. And my disgust at people who eat squid and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. It's see, seafood. Topic. See, you've already, you've wound yourself up already. Thank I you. have wound myself up <laughs> talking about that rubbish. So, yeah, we're on. Game on Brilliant. for the seafood. Well, not for the seafood, for the cookery chat. Now, I'm going to do a chat. podcast on cookery. Can you believe this? You've got me talking about biscuits, crisps. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, I wanted to be a serious journalist, I'll have you know. <laughs> That's what I love about I'm you. I'm talking about this. We have discussed data privacy, the royal family, controversial figures, unsung heroes, but we've also discussed crisps and biscuits and phobias. You know, so it's all good. Uh, and, dear uh, me. Thanks to the fabulous right. Susan Murray on this show, we discussed plane crashes, so there you go. Yeah, beautiful, brilliant. Thank you, Susan Murray. Don't do, forget, tweet us at yes, Thoughts. Yes, and do join and... us again. Check out our podcast. You can find all the previous episodes. It's available wherever you get your podcasts from. Search for Feud for Thoughts. Look us up on Twitter. We may get in touch if we like what you've said. We may have you on as a guest. You never know. Yeah, I'm loving the guests. I'm loving the guests because I'm sick of talking to Ben on my own. <laughs> right. Well, from myself, Ben Simmons, and my esteemed uh, colleague. Me, Martin Hill. It's bye for now. We'll see you again very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.